Hi, my name is Autumn Dixon, and this week is September 4th through the 10th of the Come Follow Me program associated with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And this year, in 2023, we are studying the New Testament. Now, for this week in Come Follow Me, we are studying in Corinthians, which we have been studying for a couple weeks, and we're still going to be studying in the future. And one of the themes that I have found woven throughout all of the letters to the Corinthians is Paul's testimony of his dependence upon grace. He knows that the Lord has saved him. He is very aware of his true status before God. He, When he speaks of his loneliness and how grace has made him what he is, it is very sincere. And so it comes off so it is very powerful, right? In fact, I believe that it is Paul's testimony of this specific aspect, this dependence on grace, that makes him one of the most powerful missionaries we have the privilege of reading about. It is what gives him power to be that kind of missionary. Or rather, he is able to tap into the Lord's power. Now, he testifies of this a lot. One of those times is 1 Corinthians 15 verses 9 through 10. It says, For I am the least of the apostles that am not meek to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Now, he's saying I'm the least of the apostles because of what I've done in the past, right? And he says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And when I read those words, what I'm personally hearing <laughs> is a recognition that he has become a powerful tool in the hands of the Lord. He can see that he's been successful. He can see that he's baptizing and that he's spreading the message of Jesus Christ. He knows that he has become a powerful tool in the hands of the Lord. And he says, it's by the grace of God that he is what he is, right? This is my favorite part. It says, I labored more abundantly, yet not I. So he corrects himself. He's like, I've labored so hard, but it's not I. It says, but the grace of God, which was with me. And so Paul has this really, really deep testimony of his dependence on the Lord. Now, our labor, what we are called to be doing in our lives will likely look very differently than what Paul did with his life. In fact, I would be very surprised if your life currently looked like Paul's unless you're a full-time missionary. But regardless, the Lord can take the least of your skills and the least of your gifts and the least calling, and he can turn it into incredibly powerful tools to build the kingdom of God with his grace. Now, if we want to contribute on the same level that Paul contributed to the kingdom of God, we have to learn our dependence on the Lord to the same level that Paul learned his dependence. As you learn that, as it comes to really sink in just how much you need the Lord, you simultaneously start to grow more powerful or to put more accurately you more fully tap into the lord's power and he is able to work through you better 
It is a principle. It is a conviction that is worth investing in. Now, this is not something that's often talked about or stated very explicitly in the church, but I do believe it's true just because it's human nature. I believe that most oftentimes it is those who have been off the deep end that most naturally feel their dependence on the Lord, right? It is those who are battling addictions and temptations. It is those who have made deep mistakes. It's those who have lived without the gospel before that are able to very innately feel how much they need the Lord, right? And this makes sense, right? It's human nature. (laughs) It is much easier, easier to appreciate something if you know what it's like to live without it, right? I don't really think that much about the fact that I have clean water because I've always had clean water. I've always had that blessing, right? I, it doesn't come into my mind all that much. And so it was very easy for Paul to feel how much he needed the Savior because he had lived without the Savior before. He had made mistakes in his past that had affected him and his had affected his soul very deeply and he needed healing that he did not innately possess. A lot of us, many of us have grown up in the church or have grown up with a concept of Christ and we have been shielded from a lot of life's miseries because of that. Now, what of them? What of us, right? even though it is logically easier to appreciate something that you have lived without, I believe that every single person can gain the same deep conviction that Paul had of their dependence on the Savior. And I believe that because we all have that deep need for the grace of the Lord. And I believe that the Lord wants us to be able to learn that. And so we can ask him to help us. Now, no matter where you are at in how you feel about your dependence on the Savior, if you feel like you have a pretty good idea of how much you need the Savior, or if you want to improve in that area, I believe that these suggestions and these principles can be for everybody because we all have a limited understanding of the atonement. I don't believe any of us truly comprehends how deeply we need the atonement of Jesus Christ, how deeply we need his grace. And we can all work to increase our awareness of how dependent we are on him so that we can become better tools in his hands to build up the kingdom of God. Now, I'm not going to tell you to go out and commit a serious offense (laughs) so that you can experience what it's like to live without grace. (laughs) And so... How do we do it? How do we get to the same point where Paul is, to where we understand just how much we need our Savior Jesus Christ? There are probably millions, trillions of ways to get to that conviction. As many people as there have been, that's how many ways there are to eventually arrive at the conclusion of how much you need your Savior. I can only really share my own experience. (laughs) And so I'm going to share my experience with how I have learned 
more fully how much I need the atonement. And I would ask that you would pull principles out to help you align in your journey. We'll talk about the principles at the end, but I'm just, I'm going to tell my own experiences first. Now, I started a blog and then I started this YouTube channel and a podcast when I first felt the need to create a blog. It was a prompting and I cringed away from it really, really hard. (laughs) I didn't want to do that. And there's, there were a couple of reasons for that. One of which is because I knew that I had a propensity for vanity. I liked people to think I was clever and a good teacher and spiritual and righteous. I knew that I had a weakness in that direction. And the idea of creating a blog and trying to share my testimony with others would fan the flames of that temptation, and I didn't want to. I also knew that if there was any level of success, however you want to describe that, there's any level of success, I knew that I would start to feel those familiar tuggings of pride and thinking that I had done a great job, right? And I didn't want to be tempted. So I just wanted to completely flee temptation. However, that feeling that I needed to create this blog persevered. I felt very strongly that it was something that I needed to do. And so in response to this feeling that I really needed to do it, I asked Heavenly Father to help me remember that it was his work. I asked him to keep me in check, (laughs) to help me be humble so that he could work through me to bless other people because I knew that it I had a tendency to forget that sometimes. And so I asked him to help me all throughout the process to remember him and his role in this work. Now, he delivered. (laughs) (laughs) The entire process of creating the blog, first of all, and then also trying to keep up with weekly posts and Everything, every single step, he has made it wildly apparent that I cannot do it without him. (laughs) I can spend hours collectively in front of my computer, because heaven knows I'm not going to spend hours in front of my computer at once because I have children. So I can spend hours collectively in front of my computer trying to write about something and come up with nothing satisfactory. Anything I try writing, it just it feels like ick. It makes me cringe. I have to delete it. I can't do it. If I don't pray before I try finding inspiration or try writing, (laughs) I can't do it. It is super blank. If I try filming without praying, (laughs) I start speaking in circles and I'm just tripping over my words the entire time. Or there's technical problems or everything is the matter, right? He has made it so apparent (laughs) that I need him. And I'm grateful for that because I asked him to do so. One of the most dramatic examples of this, of him coaching me through this, of him reminding me how much I need him. It happened back when my family was living in the hotel for a few months. And in order to understand why it was a dramatic example, you have to understand how I went about doing this blog. So for a majority of me doing this blog, I created the week 
I created the post and the video the week I was going to actually post it on the internet, right? So I would finish writing by Wednesday. I would usually film on Thursday and then I would edit on Friday and then it would be ready to process all day Saturday so that it looked okay on Sunday. Now, <laughs> this obviously brought on some stress sometimes because things happen and get crazy. And so I'd be clamoring at the end of the week, trying to get my post in on time, trying to do my weekly posts. But at this particular point in my life, it went to the next level <laughs> and I got really obsessive almost. I started completely, so I'd put my other two kids down and then I would do everything I could to just distract Evelyn, to give something to distract her. I'd throw her on the iPad. I would ignore her pleas to come play with her. I would ignore my desires and my husband's pleas to just go watch some television with him in the evening. And I would just sit in front of my computer and beat my head against the wall trying to write something and to get it done early so that I could film it on time. Possibly because I was more stressed about being able to get it done in a hotel room. <laughs> I'm not quite sure, but I was... I got really obsessive about it, trying to complete it. I felt like if I wasn't sacrificing all of this time, if I wasn't sacrificing all of these other things, I wasn't going to be able to write anything and I wasn't going to be able to film it. And Heavenly Father kept telling me to slow down. <laughs> he kept telling me over and over to slow down. And I would kind of throw it back at him and be like, I don't know what you want me to give up. <laughs> like, I felt like I had to be dedicating this much time in order to be able to write anything in order for him to give me anything. And it got to the point several, honestly, for most of the time we were in the hotel for months where I would sit in front of my computer and try to write every day during nap time, those couple of hours when two of my kids were asleep, I would try so hard to write something and I could write nothing. And the end of the week would be approaching and I would be super stressed out. I would be spending hours at night, hours during nap time, trying to write something and nothing would happen. I could get through nothing. Sometimes I couldn't even stop just reading the chapters. I would read the chapters. I couldn't feel the spirit. I could write nothing. <laughs> and I would wake up Friday morning. <laughs> I would take the kids out in the morning because there's no way I was going to be able to get anything done anyway in the mornings with all of my kids running around the hotel room. So I'd take them out in the morning I'd put him down for nap, and then during the two hours of nap time on Friday, <laughs> I would write the entire post. I'd figure out the message I was supposed to share. I'd write the entire post, and then I would film it all within those two hours, and it happened every single week, right? It always happened on Friday, and so I would be an absolute stress ball all week worrying that I wasn't able to be getting somewhere, right? And then on Friday... <laughs> Somehow, miraculously, it would all come together just in those two hours or however long my kids decided to sleep on Friday. <laughs> I would be able to write everything, post it, film it, edit it. It would all get done. And <laughs> it got to the point where I couldn't handle the stress anymore. It was killing me. And I recognized that. And so I kind of threw up my hands and I was like, okay, Heavenly Father, <laughs> I give up you're obviously not going to give me a post until you're ready to give me this post. And so you're telling me to slow down, so I'm going to do it. But if I slow down and I stop trying to sacrifice all this time and I stop trying to write all the time, 
then if I don't get my weekly post on time, then it's on you. It's not on me. <laughs> and so that's what I did. I would sit down at nap time and I would try to write something. I would try to read the scriptures. If nothing was forthcoming, then I would just read pleasantly <laughs> and I would move on. And sometimes I would play with Evelyn or I would take a nap. In the evenings, I would watch TV with Connor and eat lots of candy and Still, for weeks and weeks and weeks, he still would not give me that post until Friday. And it got to the point where I was finally able to let go of the stress. I was finally able to be like, okay, like obviously this can happen according to his will, right? I don't have to stress about it. I can trust that he is able to do it and he is able to deliver. And as I grew more confident of this fact, I was able to let go of the stress. So I want to talk about some of these principles that I learned through this process. The first one being, like Paul, I learned that I'm not the one who's actually doing the work, right? Because if I had been the one doing the work, then logically I would have been able to finish sooner. (laughs) I would have, like, with all the time that I was devoting to it, all the things I was pushing aside to focus on it, I would have been able to write and complete things faster, And I could feel the spirit (laughs) just kind of telling me to go do something else. And I would ignore the spirit and keep trying to write and beating my head against a wall. And through this process of the Lord withholding posts from me and then giving it to me on the last day and it all coming together in two hours, I learned very clearly that he is the one that does the work. And this whole time, the spirit would be in the back of my mind trying to get me to let go of it, (laughs) trying to teach me that it wasn't up to me, trying to teach me not to try and force revelation, not to try and force the Lord's work to come together because it wasn't my process to begin with. He wasn't going to do his work until he was good and ready to do his work. (laughs) And that is the first principle that I learned throughout this process. Second principle I learned through this blogging thing is that you can pray for help. You don't have to try and force humility. Nobody likes fake humility. (laughs) It's very insincere. It's very off-putting. Nobody likes it. But luckily, we don't have to fake it. We can turn to our Heavenly Father and ask Him to help us recognize how much we need Him, and He will teach us. I can testify that he'll teach you if you ask him to. <laughs> the time I and I sincerely believe this because in the beginning of starting this entire blogging process, I prayed and I asked my heavenly Father to check me and to remind me that it wasn't me doing the work. And I've seen multiple, many, many, many times of him reminding me that it's not me, that it's him. One was the example I just shared. Another one is I had the opportunity to share to teach at FSY last year. And once again, I prayed for the same thing. I said, Heavenly Father, help me remember how much I need you because I know that I have to have the spirit in order for this to be powerful. <laughs> and I know that I won't have the spirit if I'm thinking I'm awesome. So help me know how much I need you. And every single time I taught a class, <laughs> I had to teach eight different classes over two days. 
And every single time I was getting ready to teach a class, I would feel nauseous out of my mind. I would have to sit down. I felt like I was going to throw up and die <laughs> every single time. It was very frustrating. <laughs> I would be so scared <laughs> of teaching these kids. And as soon as classes start, the spirit would just take over and it would be amazing. And it was such a spiritual experience. I was so uplifted by it. And it dawned on me at the end of this experience that <laughs> that nauseous feeling <laughs> had been Heavenly Father's answer to my prayer because I would be so desperate for him to help me because <laughs> I was so scared and I didn't feel good and I needed his help. So second principle, you can pray and ask Heavenly Father to help you know how much you need him and he would love to answer that prayer. <laughs> Third principle I learned through this process was my role what I was supposed to be doing and helping to build the kingdom, what he expected of me, because he does his work, but he does have expectations for us. He has to have expectations for us because we are his main work. He's trying to build us more than anything else. And because of that, he does have expectations for us. And I learned what his expectations for me was. And that is diligence. And I never appreciated that principle. <laughs> I remember studying it on my mission, but I never fully appreciated the concept of diligence until I started doing this blog. I learned that opening myself up to revelation, to trying on a daily basis to repent, trying just all these little things along the way would help me finish the work, right? After I finally let go of the stress, and I finally let go of all the pressure I was putting on myself. And I would open up my scriptures. During nap time, I would start reading. And if I felt prompted, I would start writing. And then when I no longer was feeling prompted, I would just close it up and leave. <laughs> it was in those small efforts. <laughs> That's what the Lord wanted for me. And as I did that, as I stopped sacrificing myself, the Lord helped me know what he expected of me. So sometimes he did expect me to sacrifice more. Sometimes I did need to give up an evening of television with my husband to focus on the blog. Sometimes he instead wanted me to let go of this aspect of his work and go focus on his other important work, which is motherhood, right? My main priorities, which was taking care of my kids or to spend time with my husband. He helped me know what levels of effort were appropriate, right? Not just so much that he was requiring more of me, but sometimes he was like, you need to stop obsessing. Go spend time with your family. You need to go take a nap. I have been prompted to take naps, which is awesome. Once I actually started listening, it's been awesome. <laughs> but I've learned that his expectation for me is to open myself up regularly for him to work through me and to trust him to do his work, to have faith that he can do his work in his time through me, to have faith that I don't have to put the pressure on myself, <laughs> just to trust him. I know that I am my heavenly father's most important work. I know that his children are his most important work. 
it is not efficiently run programs or well-written blog posts. <laughs> it is us. And it's been interesting as he has helped me through this process of trying to do his will and trying in my own little way to build the kingdom. As I have learned this process, I have also been able to learn how he is building me. I am grateful <laughs> that he does not give up on me when I'm stubborn. I am grateful that he has such high expectations because the more I lean into those expectations and the more I trust him, the more peaceful my life has gotten. The more I've been able to lean on him, to not worry about my own insecurities and my own failures <laughs> because it's not really me. It's not my process. I'm grateful for my savior and how he has helped me and how he has built me. And I say those things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.